It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, we're starting the roster preview series, going into exhibit 10 players, training camp invitees, two-way players, and uh, previewing who they are, what role they may play on the two this year, what we're looking for in training camp and preseason. I also want to take a look back at the NBA 75 this summer, where Kevin Garnett ranks on an ESPN ranking within the NBA 75. I thought that was pretty interesting. I want to highlight that at the end of the show today. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. And uh, let's talk some basketball. We're just a couple weeks away from training camp. Thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Of course, that includes Apple and Google, Spotify and Odyssey. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and also my account at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Going to dust off the Twitter accounts, be a bit more active here as we get into all the preseason activity. I mean, we're uh, media day is likely the Timberwolves haven't announced the date yet, but very likely two weeks from today. The which I would I I think that's Monday the twenty sixth. Last year they started training camp the the last Tuesday of September. So if, if we're right on track there, we're just two weeks away. Believe it or not. So today on the show, I want to start the roster preview series. We're going to start at the end of the roster. Exhibit ten guys, the the players who we know to be invited to training camp that have completely non guaranteed deals and essentially just got signing bonuses to come to camp, and uh, also two way players this year, and and just kind of skim through what to look for in preseason and training camp, what their roles might be, what their 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 background is, right? Like, why do the Wolves have them in camp? What can we expect them to provide? What's the best case scenario for them? Do any of them have a shot at, at playing time this season for the Wolves? And then I want to close the show with talking a little bit about Kevin Garnett and the NBA 75 list uh, because I had missed that ESPN actually ranked 
the NBA 75, the list that the NBA released, ESPN actually went through and ranked them with a, uh, you know, did a vote among panelists. And I was actually pleasantly surprised with where they had Kevin Garnett. So we'll close the show with that here today. Let's start with the Timberwolves Exhibit 10 players. So a refresher, Exhibit 10 guys are non-guaranteed contracts. They're essentially um, preferred training camp invitees. They're players that receive a signing bonus to sign this, the Exhibit 10, you know, something that's like 50K typically, somewhere around there. And then they get another bonus if they stay on the G League team for, I think it's 60 days. There's like a, a set amount of time. So they're incentivized to come to camp. They're incentivized to stick with the G League team, assuming they don't make the actual NBA roster. It's very unlikely that they will. Um, so this year, Exhibit 10 guys for the Wolves include CJ Ellaby and Luca Garza. We recently talked about Garza because he was an addition just within the last couple of weeks. Ellaby was a few weeks prior to that. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with Ellaby. Um, so again, non-guarantee contract, extremely unlikely these guys end up on the actual roster, but very likely that they stay in the organization. They, they become G League players. They could be first in line for help at the NBA level if the Wolves need to elevate someone to a two-way or a regular contract. Now, we haven't seen the Wolves do that with any Exhibit 10 players in recent years, but most of the time they stick with the, with the Iowa Wolves of the G League. So they will be in Des Moines very likely for much of the season. Um, and the Wolves had have, have had Exhibit 10 guys signed away by the teams. Tyler Cook a couple of years ago. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're players that are on the verge of getting a two-way deal or a, a regular NBA deal. In terms of Ellaby, and actually both of these guys were second-round draft picks over the last two years. Ellaby was a second-round pick by the Trailblazers in 2020. Um, only played in a handful, 30 games as a rookie. And then last year for a Blazers team that kind of kind of mailed it in right around the time Dame got hurt, Damian Lillard got hurt early, mid-December. It was pretty evident at that point. First-year coach, Chauncey Billups, this team was just trying to figure out what they had. And so CJ Elby saw a ton of playing time as a 21-year-old played in 58 games, actually started 28 games as a very raw 21-year-old that had only played, I believe he was only a, a one-year player in college, a two-year player at Washington State. So from the Northwest, another one of those, you know, like Jalen Noel, like Jade McDaniels, went to Washington State. His second year there as a sophomore, 18 points per game, nearly eight rebounds per game, really good size, six foot six, uh, long player, can guard theoretically threes and fours. He's a little small to guard fours, but has the length, potentially lateral quickness to guard twos. So I think the way he used his size in college made him an attractive NBA prospect, but the offensive game has not come together for him. He shot under 28% from three over the last, over his first two years in the league on about two attempts per game. Um, hasn't really a lot of turnovers last year. He had a 14% turnover rate, which is insane with an assist rate of just 10.6, primarily playing on the wing. So there's, I would say more defensive upside. He hasn't really shown that at the NBA level, but he's switchable. He's long, he's athletic. And there's certainly offensive upside. He's just, I mean, he's shooting nearly half of his shot attempts have come from three, but he's shooting, what I say, less than 28% from three, 27.5% over his first two years. So extremely raw, very little value right now as an NBA player, if we're being honest. And he needs time in the G League. So intriguing, you know, similar length, not quite as big as Jade McDaniels, but kind of a similar idea, right? That type of a player, more raw, obviously played at a smaller school. Um, the offensive game isn't quite there again, not quite as big as Jaden McDaniels, but that type of a player that the Wolves are hoping to have in camp in CJ Ellaby. And again, very likely he ends up on the, uh, the G league squad in Iowa. The other exhibit 10 player for the Timberwolves is Luca Garza. He's another second round pick in Luca's case. It was just last year. He was the 52nd overall pick of the Detroit Pistons was waived after last season, or I guess, well, yeah, technically I believe he was released. Um, and of course, had a, a well, 
a highly decorated career with the Iowa Hawkeyes, was a four-year player there. I believe he won Big Ten Player of the Year, if I'm not mistaken, um, and was an All-American last year, uh, and or two years ago, I should say. 24 points per game, nine rebounds per game, roughly the same numbers as a junior, a little less scoring, a little more rebounding as a junior. A really, really solid all-around big. He's not quite big enough. I, I, I say that. Um, he's he's not quite as big as you'd like him to be if that's his role, right? He's got to keep improving the perimeter game. He has, and he's lost a little bit of weight. He's become a little bit sleeker. And what it seems like he was told was, look, you've got to be more switchable as a defender. That's the biggest issue. He can shoot the ball a little bit. He doesn't quite have the range you'd like somebody to have if they're truly going to be a stretch big at the NBA level. He's... It, uh, kind of the new version of a tweener in my mind, right? He's not quite big enough or physical enough to truly like bang down low and be a true big, a traditional big, Uh, but he doesn't quite have the range or the flexibility or positional versatility or lateral quickness to be a consistent perimeter defender as a stretch big. And he shot 32% on three last year at Iowa. He was around that same mark. Uh, uh, I take that back. As a senior, he was up to 44% for his career, 36% from three. But again, the college three. So the shooting's not quite where it needs to be to truly be a stretch big. And and the rest, the physicality is not quite there to truly be a down low big. So he's like a new, a new version of today's NBA, a tweener in my mind. Um, I think the G League will be will do well for him too. He only played four games in the G League last year for the Motor City squad for for Detroit and averaged twenty five and eight. Um, shot a hair under thirty percent from three. So again, the shooting not quite to where it needs to be. I don't think he's a rotational big at the NBA level, but he's good organizational depth. He could step in and play tough. You know, can do a little bit of everything. He's just again not certainly not elite at anything, and he's really not above average at much either um, at the NBA level. So. The G League makes sense for him. His ceiling is certainly lower than Ellaby. They're two two guys with NBA experience. Garza is a higher floor, lower ceiling guy. Ellaby's honestly a lower floor right now. He's not as good right now as Luca Garza. The ceiling is certainly higher. They're both kind of dart throws, uh, but in different ways, right? I mean, Garza is a depth guy for the organization. LB is like, hey, if we keep him in the G League, we like him. Maybe he comes back next year. Maybe if we elevate a two-way player to the roster, perhaps he gets a two-way. He's got more NBA games under his belt um, and a lot of room to grow. So pretty interesting pairing, certainly, on Exhibit 10 contracts. We'll see them in preseason. Hopefully, they get some run in preseason, but they're more camp depth. Allow them to, you know, to have some guys to, to run, you know, uh, to essentially have 20 guys in camp and be able to run multiple teams at each other, um, full squad scrimmages, that sort of a thing. So, um, we'll keep an eye on both of them in the preseason. Don't expect either of them to, to play for the Timberwolves this season, but they very likely will both be on the roster for the Iowa Wolves. Okay. Next, let's talk about the two, two way players under contract for the Wolves this year. Before we do that though, let's talk about our friends over at bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Of course, uh, the NFL opened this weekend. Uh, Just one game left in week one. Packers-Vikings were Sunday afternoon. And uh, Monday night is... uh, I'm blanking down who plays, but uh, still time to get your bets in at betonline.net if you want to wager on that game. Um, BetOnline is the place to be for sure. And already week two lines are coming out. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. NHL, of course, starts here soon. And of course, the NBA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Who is the most valuable NBA player this season? Is it Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis Attentacumpo, Locked On, and BetOnline present the NBA Top 50 Most Valuable Players starting on September 19th. It's one week from today. Find it on Locked On NBA, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, we talked about Exhibit 10 players for the Wolves this year. Let's talk about the two-way guys. Of course, there's two of them. The first one to sign was AJ Lawson, um, and he signed back in, I think it was late July, early August. I actually did a full pod about AJ Lawson and talked to um, and talked to Sean Woodley of Lockdown Raptors, who was a play-by-play announcer for Lawson's games in the Canadian League this past spring. So go listen to that podcast for some more in-depth analysis from someone who's seen him in person several games, announced some of his games, and also obviously is a, uh, a very knowledgeable uh, basketball mind um, and uh, and host of Lockdown Raptors. And... Um, so go listen to that. I think it's it, it's it was a good conversation to learn a bit more about AJ Lawson. So some of my analysis of him is is based on that conversation. Um, but AJ Lawson did not has not played in the NBA yet. He was a three year player at South Carolina. Again, Canadian. Uh, he's from Canada. He played 13 games in the G League last year for the Raptors affiliate. He only averaged eight points, five and a half rebounds a game, shot 39% from the field, 33% from three. So the numbers are not going to wow you. Um, in terms of his size, though, he's a 6'6 guard. He really is kind of a 2-3 combination. He's probably a little small to truly play the forward at the NBA level. But he actually ran point in his first year at South Carolina um, and and was kind of a different player early in his career. He was asked to do some different things in college than he was during the latter stages of his career. As a senior, or I guess a junior, he was a three-year player, he averaged 16.6 points, four rebounds per game, shot 35% from three. For his career in college, he was 35% from three. Um, and again, assist rate was very high early in his career. He was kind of a, a jumbo sized point guard at six, five, six, six. And I think his future at the NBA level is kind of more of that combo, you know, that guard forward combination, two, three type player. Um, he's the calling card is going to have to be defense and the, and the shot has to be better than league average. And that's basically what we've seen so far, but the athleticism and also the understanding of how to play were things that, that Sean Woodley talked about when we previewed him before he's a player that could step in right now and have some impact at the NBA level. Um, I think that that's entirely possible. Um, he's bounced around a little bit, started last season with the Hawks, didn't play for them, was in training camp there, and then spent some time with the Raptors, spent time in the G League, as I mentioned, um, and then played uh, in Canada this spring and summer as well. So there is some upside there. He's only 22. He just turned 22 in mid-July. Uh, I see him as as somebody who could see minutes. He's probably a little bit more 
ready to play at the NBA level than McKinley Wright was, for instance. Last year, the only games McKinley Wright, I think he played in two games for the Wolves as their second two-way guy. They were both blowouts. Um, He wasn't somebody who was going to see regular rotation minutes, whereas Nate Knight did see minutes at times when the Wolves were shorthanded. When they needed a guard, they didn't call up McKinley Wright. They didn't think he was ready. I think A.J. Lawson's a little bit different. I don't think he's ready to run point at the NBA level. I don't think that's his future. But he's somebody who could play the two or the three. He's certainly bigger than a Jalen Noel. He's bigger than, he's more of an Austin Rivers size type player. Um, he's certainly bigger than a Bryn Forbes, right? And and he's not a shooter like Bryn Forbes. So he's somebody where if they need some someone to call up, I think he's more ready than McKinley Wright. However, I, he's certainly not Eric Paschal, who we'll get to next, who has tons of NBA experience under his belt with good teams. AJ Lawson hasn't set foot on NBA court in a regular season game yet, uh, but all that to say, I, you know, he'll probably play in a handful of games this year. He's not going to be their first choice if they need to reach down for some depth, but they won't be afraid to do it like they clearly were with McKinley Wright last year. So look for him if they get a little weak at the two or the three due to, you know, nagging injuries or whatever the case might be during the season. AJ Lawson is someone who will likely get some opportunity at the NBA level. Okay, um, Eric Paschal is the other two-way player. If you're an NBA fan at all, you've probably heard his name. Um, even, you know, people that, if you watched the Golden State Warriors over the past couple of years, granted, I guess when he was there, they weren't quite what they have been for much of the past decade. Remember, he was there, I believe his rookie season was the year when Steph got hurt real early. D'Lo started the season with the team and he was traded to Minnesota at what that was that season. So Pascal played 60 games for a bad Golden State team a couple of years ago. He played in 40 games for them two years ago. And then last year went to Utah, played in 58 games with the Jazz. He's seen his minutes decrease every season of his NBA career, but he's also seen his shooting improve from outside the arc. He was 37% on three point attempts last year with the Jazz. Saw some more rotation minutes again for a playoff team in Utah, a a team that obviously went to the second round of the playoffs. Um, He is more of a a small ball fives, even kind of an undersized four type of a player. Um, But he can do a little bit of everything. He can distribute a little bit. He can put the ball on the floor. He can spot up shoot threes. He's shot more threes and at a a higher clip and a higher percentage, um, or I should say a higher rate and a higher clip as his career has gone on, year one, year two, year three, he was a, a four-year college player, so he is a bit older now. He just turned uh, 20, 20, or he's about to turn 26 at the start of November. So right after the start of the regular season, Pascal will turn 26. Not a ton of upside there, but again, a well-rounded player who can do multiple things, can give you some toughness, some, you know, a veteran presence, can shoot threes, can rebound even though he's undersized, can distribute, can put the ball on the floor. It's kind of, again, a higher floor, lower ceiling type of a guy who's an NBA professional, one of the more experienced players you're going to see on a two-way deal. He's appeared in 158 NBA games over the last three years. So he's a guy that knows how to play at the NBA level, and there's value to having that in your two-way players. So I've got one two-way guy with 158 NBA games under his belt, played in the playoffs, got another guy who hasn't played a single NBA game um, and has you know some G League experience and international experience, but a younger, more raw player. So a 26-year-old and a 21, almost 20, or I guess just turned 22-year-old on those two-way deals, which is a pretty interesting way to split that up. Uh, if you're the Wolves. So again, finding different spots in the roster that needed to be shored up and doing that through two-way contracts, which is obviously the way to go and extremely intelligent by the front office. All right. Um, That does it for the Exhibit 10 and two-way guys. Let's close the show by talking about Kevin Garnett. Um, Also uh, on the the roster stuff, we're going to continue to do this. We'll spend more time, like I'll do a, a few shows that are full shows on rotation guys, proving their season, what they did last year, what they brought to the table in the past, and what their expectations will be for this year. The end of the roster will go through a little bit quicker. We'll do a couple per show as we get to the guys with guaranteed contracts, and then we'll we'll lengthen them a bit more even after that. So uh, that'll be the uh, that'll be the plan here for the next couple of weeks. Let's close the show 
by talking a little bit about Kevin Garnett and his, uh, I guess, historical standing in terms of the NBA 75, top 75 rank. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, so last season, the, t- the uh, NBA released the top, the 75-year team with the 75 best players of all time. Uh, remember at the All-Star break, they was a lot of time, you know, they, they introduced a lot of these guys, the current players, the, the guys who are still living among the top 75. Damian Lillard uh, made the list, Russell Westbrook, some guys that, you know, if you'd asked me would they be in the top 75, I would have thought they're probably on the fringe. And then sure enough, ESPN went through and actually ranked the 75. Of course, the NBA didn't do that. ESPN uh, had an article that published back at the time, and I completely missed it in the middle of the season in the All-Star break, where they actually reached out to their expert panel and had them vote on head-to-head player matchups. Quality and quantity of NBA contributions was the criteria. You know, for instance, you know, LeBron versus Jordan, Kawhi versus Gary Payton, those are the examples they use in this article, and then just say, yeah, I think this guy should be higher. I think this guy should be higher. And then they came up with this ranking. So, uh, like, for instance, Damian Lillard is 75 on this ranking. Barely, you know, Anthony Davis is uh, 71 and Carmelo is 79 or excuse me, 69. Russell Westbrook is 68. Dennis Rodman, 67, a little lower than I would have thought. Paul Pierce, 62, lower than I would have thought for him, too. So I was curious about where Garnett was. And I I don't know how I just stumbled across this. And and, um, I I've always just considered Garnett a top 20 player, but assumed that nationally that wasn't necessarily the case. I think he gets underrated because of the time spent in Minnesota. I think uh, revisionist history has kind of people have forgotten that he was he was the best player in that Celtics championship team, even though it was his last like truly elite all around season at the NBA level. Because of course the age and the body starting to break down after missing basically no games the first part of his career um, and, and all the tread on the tires, people forget like hey he was the 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 engine of that team, the motor of that team. Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and others were great. Rajon Rondo. Um, but Kevin Garnett was, was the big ticket for the Celtics when they won the championship. And, and people, a lot of people don't realize just how good he was for so long, obviously winning an MVP in 04 with the Timberwolves. So I've always said, yeah, a top 20 player. I think, you know, back when Bill Simmons did his basketball book 10, 15 years ago, he had Garnett in the top 20 barely. Um, but I just assumed people would kind of push him to the 25 plus range. And, uh, I assumed wrong. ESPN actually has Kevin Garnett as the 21st best player in NBA history maybe a little lower than I would have thought. You know, I would have thought he was in the 18, 19 range. They have him a spot ahead of Charles Barkley, which I think is accurate. Um, Barkley at 22 is maybe even a little bit high. Two spots ahead of Carl Malone. I bet if you ask a casual basketball fan, you know, not necessarily a Timberwolves fan, who had a better career, Carl Malone or Kevin Garnett, most people are going to say Carl Malone. I, I, just, I think that's true. I, I, I don't think that it should be the case. I think Garnett was better than Carl Malone, had a better career. But... um 
you know, just a casual NBA player conversation who had the better career, I wouldn't, or casual NBA fan, I wouldn't be shocked if most people actually said that Carl Malone had the better career. John Stockton, incidentally, at 24, David Robinson at 25, a bunch of guys in that same era of the, uh, you know, the um, mostly the 90s into the early 2000s. But Garnett at 21, a couple players he's behind. Elgin Baylor at 20, Jerry West at 19, Giannis is at 18 already, Dirk at 17, which is a little higher than I would have thought for Dirk. Um, but I like you could argue Garnett's peak was better than Dirk, but Dirk was better for longer. The end of Dirk's career, he was still a pretty good player, and, and KG had a couple of rough seasons there at the end as his body broke down and, and his impact defensively. You know, Dirk was never, he was at times good defensively. He was never anywhere near the level of Garnett, but Garnett's Garnett's uh, defense hit that decline at the end of his career, right? Where he was solid, but he wasn't, you know, an all, all world defensive player like he was earlier. So while Garnett's peak was higher, Dirk was better for longer. So I understand Dirk being ahead of Garnett. I'm surprised he's four spots ahead of Garnett. Steph Curry's already at 16, Moses Malone at 15, Julius Serving at 14, Hakeem Olajuwon at 13, Durant's all the way up at 12. Um, no real surprises. You know, Kobe's at 10. Um, Kobe's so tough to rank. I, I don't want to get into that right now, but... I think there could have been a way to get Garnett to to 18 or 19 on this list. I was still pleasantly surprised with ESPN having him where they did at 21. So uh, go check that out. It's at ESPN.com. They refreshed it after Bill Russell passed at the end of July. So you can find it uh, relatively recently on ESPN.com on their NBA page, even though the article was originally written in February. Uh, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay, like I mentioned before, the rest of the week we'll continue player reviews. Unless any major NBA news breaks, we'll we'll uh, uh, or I should say player previews for the season. So that's how we'll uh, we'll handle here the next couple of weeks: uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Again, this week and two weeks when training camp kicks, kicks off, we'll be back to daily Monday through Friday. Make sure you're following and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Of course, you can watch on YouTube or listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also. My account at bbeacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Also, as long as you're at it, make your second listen. The Lockdown NBA podcast. You can get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the league in just 30 minutes every day with Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.